Silence! It's time! It's time! It's time for another episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Can you dig it, dig it sucker? Grab a set of scratch, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a set of scratch, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a set of scratch, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a six pack, sit back and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 386 of Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. I'm as always, I'm Tyler. Joining me, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gable. What's up, buddy? Oh, happy day, buddy. Oh, happy day. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. So oh, oh, God. Do you want to explain it or do I? I, I can explain it. I So, um, something good finally happened in 2020, Gables. Uh, something good happened Indeed. to the world. Uh, Vin Diesel's new hot single, Feel Like I Do, just dropped on uh, Friday. Um, and it's probably the happiest I've been all year. Um, when, when, I heard, when I found out it happened, and then I heard it, and I'm like, it's actually, it's, it's not great, but it's like, it's just a, a happy song, you know, It we, is. we need it. Um, you know, this almost makes up for the fact that fast nine got delayed a whole year. Um, so <laughs> Gables had, didn't even know about this. So he's just been living in this hell hole of a world that, you know, uh, before VD, uh, <laughs> <laughs> BVD, uh, <laughs> No, he lives in before VD. <laughs> before B... You gotta word that one better. <laughs> no, I'm not leaving it as is. Uh, BVD before Vin Diesel's hot new single. Uh, BVD NHS is what we're gonna call that. And now it's uh, okay. now we are at AVD new uh, NHS. Um, so he was living, you know, in in, that, in the old ages where they're still uh, fling poop and uh, light fires with sticks and rocks. Now he's in the new age where um, we have like cool technology and flying cars. Um, and he got to listen to part of the song. I, I had him listen to it. But then I show him this sweet little video of Vin Diesel singing Oh Happy Day in a, in a church choir. And boy, was that something. <laughs> oh, he's like, we, we both like when he, when he's, when he's says, Oh Happy Day, it's pretty good. It's actually not bad. Like he does like his Louis Armstrong impression, but you you're more you know the the lingo better of a, of a singer, but when he like tried to like sing loud, it, it, he just it's it's bad. Oh it's, my it's god! Bad. No, you could tell, man. You could tell from the reaction of the people around him, and even like uh, the guy that's right behind him and stuff. Like just like he, he just he just can't hold he just can't hold back, man. No. He just had stuff that's popped to his mouth and started laughing a bit because yeah, he's singing, he's having a fun time, man. But it's like he's squeaking like yeah. Oh, He's happy day! <laughs> well, that's the thing, man. It's like his pitch, out of tune, goes sharp. But at the same time, he still, <laughs> he's still going through and keeping pace. He's still singing the song. He's still enjoying himself, man. It's like, even if some things are like off key or something's like not thing, it's still, he's still having a ball with it, though. Oh yeah, <laughs> everybody just look up uh, Vin Diesel single "Happy Day" or Vin Diesel choir on youtube and just it's it's just it you know what it's not bad it's bad 
but it's he's just so goddamn happy and having so much fun. And it makes who would have thought of all the people in this in in this world that would bring us joy, the most joy in 2020, it'd be fucking Vin Diesel. Dude, you have a serious man going these uh action movies, doing all this stuff like Riddick, like Fast and Furious, and all of a sudden he's released a hot new jam in 2020. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like you do. Feel it's like, like I feel like I do. And, oh, go ahead. As soon as I heard the song, as soon as I heard the song and I'm hearing his voice, all of a sudden it's like there there was just something just there was just something that was just off in my head, like, wait a minute. I recognize his voice. What the fuck? What the fuck is that Oh my god, it is Vin Diesel. It's mm-hmm. like what? <laughs> I guess I, I heard it I saw someone posted on Twitter and I immediately just searched it and I'm like I didn't like like research it, I just searched the song. And I started listening to it. I'm like, that's not Vin Diesel. No, he's not like anything. And then like 30 seconds in, I'm like, oh my God, it is Vin Diesel. It's just a shit ton of auto-tune. Dude, I thought when you were going through and like uh, suggesting, like, hey, you want me to uh, show you the Vin Diesel's hot jam? I'm like thinking to myself, oh no, it this has got to be something in regards to someone put something together, like the whole Jeff Goldblum thing with Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is this is a real piece of art here, man. This is top notch. <sighs> if he doesn't win all the Grammys, um, I don't, the Grammys happened this year. I don't even know. The next Grammys that he's eligible, he needs to win them all. Debut artist. God. Boom. Ben Diesel. Dude, I could just see a new thing by 4chan all of a sudden just getting gang, like just circling around Ben Diesel, getting him to win a Grammy mm-hmm. for his song. Best new actor. No, mm-hmm. best new artist. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it needs to happen. Could you just imagine like all the other like fucking... New singers of the time or something like that. Just go through them, all these these fantastic like albums and stuff. And here's Vin Diesel with the best new track of 2020. Yeah, feel like oh. I do. Yeah, oh man, I hope it happens. Um, I, I, he needs like he needs some other songs where he needs to, like mix it up with like some of his co co stars in Fast and Furious. Like I need like a Tyrese oh, God. Vin Diesel co collaboration. I need a Ludacris and Vin Diesel collaboration. Uh, who else does Lucas Black? Does he sing? I don't know. Put him in there. Let's find out. You know, like uh, Paul Walker's little brother, Cody Walker. He might oh sing. We don't know this. Put him in there. <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> we'll find out real fast if he does. No, here's what you got to do. You have you got to have Ludacris inside this track, right? Got to have the flow. Got to have himself like, uh, you know, go through a bunch of the rhythm stuff. And all of a sudden you have Vin Diesel and Tyrese and stuff kind of supporting like an R&B sort of flair. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. sort of like a whole babyface usher shit. Oh, yeah, man, let's do it. <laughs> I, he just needs to do like I, I was telling you for the show. I'm like, if he just did like a cover album of just Louis Armstrong songs, but like the the original like music in the background, the original track, but with him singing an auto tune, I'm all in. I'll buy the copy. I'll buy all the copies. You know, I'll buy a physical copy. This, dude, I'm gonna put this out there, man. It's like I pay good money to hear Vin Diesel. Sing some D'Angelo. Oh, <laughs> dude, I'd pay good money. Said, if he just came and like did a, a tour, I'd pay for that. Fucking let's uh, dude, go. Just hearing like Vin Diesel's going, how does it feel? <laughs> how, how does it feel? Anyway. Oh, I'm all in. I'm all in. What if, oh, boy. What if we just replaced... Uh, CeeLo Green and uh, Narles Barkley and just put Vin Diesel in his place. <laughs> I just want to hear him sing crazy one time. <laughs> oh, God. 
<sighs> and it's dude even for his range and stuff like that it, it wouldn't go above like fucking oh god what was these going he's like he's at a d he's like actually had like a high d for his voice you know he's like in that sort of that second tenor range and stuff like that where he's he's past middle c right he's like hit the next note up and it's like <laughs> that's what you're gonna hear mm-hmm. it's like gonna be like c it's gonna be like c d you know I think you're crazy. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh boy, I'm I'm just getting myself hyped up for something that's probably never gonna happen. But I just want Danger Mouse and Vin Diesel in the studio right now. Oh Jesus Christ! If I don't find well, out anyway, in the next month that's happening, I'm gonna be so pissed. But if you want, if you want more discussions like that every week from us, we are all over the place, guys. You can subscribe to us. We're on uh, Twitter, Twitch, uh, Facebook, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, YouTube, all those places. Just look us up, Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast, Drunk Nerds Podcast, Drunk Dash Nerds, whatever you can, and find us in those places. But uh, yeah, anyways, this is a, a gaming podcast. Gables, we're talking about games. Actually, you know, before that, we didn't. Really, we just talked about Vin Diesel. We didn't talk about how we're doing. Yeah, how are you I doing? know, right? We just, I mean, I, we're, we're in a good mood, obviously, because we have to listen to oh, yeah, Vin yeah, Diesel's no shit. sweet voice, but we're much better than we were before we, before we start recording. But how you doing, buddy? Dude, I'm doing all right. I mean, hell, I got a three-day weekend. I spent a lot of this day watching football and, like, mm-hmm. um, happy my 49ers won. I mean, yep. hell, they should be winning the game against two struggling teams as the Jets and the Giants. Yep. But uh, I'm happy. I was also happy to see both the Cardinals and the Rams lose because, ha, 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 NFC West rivals, baby. Suck mm-hmm. it. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Seahawks won. But anyway. Yeah, fuckers. Other than that. Other than that, though, I, I've just been playing a lot of games, man. I mean, I kid you not, on my Switch, been playing some good stuff. Played a little bit of stuff on my PS4, and it's there's a surprising game that I will share upon what I've been playing that I don't believe anybody was going to see me going through and playing anytime soon. So, are you are you are you are you, are you playing the Treehouse game? What are you playing? The Treehouse those, game. You, you know the Treehouse game I'm talking about. Oh hell no! Are you playing it? No. Do you want to replay it? No. Okay. I, you don't want to do like an extra life bet where, we, where one of us is to play a Treehouse oh, game? Oh, hell no. I ain't doing that <laughs> shit again. Oh, it'd be a blast, man. I wish there were like online co-op because I would totally, as like a torture, play through that with you. I really think... Oh, my we, God. We we say every year... Okay, but we got... I won't, all right, we're going to talk about it real fast. Uh, extra life. It's six weeks away, guys. So let's get out there. Let's sign up extra, extra-life.org. Sign up all the money that we earn. Play games for 24 straight hours on November 7th. You could, don't do it 24 straight hours. You don't do it on November 7th, but that's the game day. But you can break it up. Do a different day if you want to. Um, that's game day. Um, do it every year. This will be my ninth year. This will be Gable's eighth year. Uh, yep. So uh, sign up for that. Please do. Uh, or tell friends about it. Share it. It's awesome. But uh, every year, Gable's, we talk about playing through Resident Evil 6 together. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's I'm, true. I'm thinking this might be the year we got to do it. We got to do it this year, dude. Yeah, it's going to be because the, the, the new consoles are coming out, you know. I mean, I guess it's backwards compatible, but I don't want to do I don't want to hurt my PS5 like that and download that for the 6 on it. <laughs> you wanted to defile your PS5 yeah. from the get-go yeah, with Resident it, Evil 6. Like, my launch edition is going to brick immediately. The first thing I'm going to download when I buy it is, is Resident Evil 6. As soon as you load it. into a level, all of a sudden you just flat lines. Yeah. Like, oh no! It's like it's like the original like Mortal Kombat games where like you test the might of your your PS5. It's like can it handle Resident Evil Six? <laughs> it's like that's what's gonna do. That's that's oh, where we're gonna, we're gonna test the real powers of these things. 
Uh, but I don't know, Gables. I mean, we, there's four campaigns. They're not very long. If we just no, throw it on easy. Not. I'm not saying be crazy. We'll put it on easy. And we just fucking, we just see where we can go. But we got to start with. I will say. Okay. I will say, if we go through Chris's campaign and we're at that middle mission of that campaign, that middle mission, and we run out of ammo, we're going to automatically restart that damn mission. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's I what do I... Not, I do not want to go through that shit again. Yeah, <laughs> that was my problem, too. I played it on normal. I, I beat Leon's and Jacob's uh, campaigns, and they're... Leon's is actually okay. We just If we play Leon's first, I think it's a smart... Maybe we play one of the shitty ones first, and then like, we have that Leon one to look forward Chris to. Chris's first. We play Logan. Chris's first, and then we play Leon's. Like, all right, we got the... We got the... Jacob's is pretty bad, too. But if we can get through Chris's, that's that's the key. Because I'm the same way. I, I beat Leon's and Jacob's, got midway through Chris's, and then that's when... And then, like, yeah, ran out of ammo, and I'm just like, I'm fucked. So... But I was playing on normal. So if we just throw on easy. I think we can just fly through these... I don't care about Mia's uh, playthrough. I'm not going to worry about all that. That's like a just an extra thing that's in there. We just got to plow through those three. I bet we can probably knock that. It'd, it'd probably take half the day of extra life. But okay. But, but I, I, I'm thinking we do it, Gables. It's going to okay. be the we would say that. Are we going to stream it while we're doing it? Oh fuck! Of course we're going to stream it while we do it. <laughs> Absolutely, we're going to do it. <laughs> Oh my this gosh, that be... was so awesome! The one year when we did a, like a way out and stuff yeah. like that. That's what's going to be. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. Like that. Was, this is going to be our way out of moment. We didn't have it last year. We had it two years ago. And we're going to do it this year. We're going to play that. But we got. I think we should do it early though. We oh just, yeah. We just start it. We just get it out of the way. Like well, maybe we'll play a couple games first. Put ourselves in good mood. Ah oh, man, we'll like make us like let us know that we love playing video games before we remind ourselves why we hate playing video games. Sometimes. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> we play Resident Evil Six. And then we get all the sweet oh. trophies. You know, so oh, that's something. Well, yeah, because the, the trophies oh. you can get a lot of trophies in that game just by plowing through the campaigns. Yeah. I swear to God, though, if I get the fucking platinum in that damn game and extra life, I know who to blame. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Well, I don't think. Oh, I, I, don't blame me. You got. Hey, I I am like the reason you have a couple of trophies. Okay, or platinums. All right. Oh, so, uh, that's very true. Well, actually, actually, I take that back. I'm not the re- you. You force yourself. Getting what the fuck was the name of the game? Oh, Pitterpot. Uh, that was you. You decided to keep going. You put like that's an extra because five the only way I could beat the game is by 100 percent completing the damn thing. Because I ah, could I not. Just, yes, I thought yes, it was because you were I had insane. to collect every level in that game. I had to collect all the things in order to progress to the final fucking level. Oh. And so I got to had to complete the damn thing in order to beat the game. <laughs> I just thought I finally I told broke you. you. This too, dude. I forgot. I I just <laughs> thought maybe I finally broke you and like that was the end of the show. Like oh, he's mad. he's gonna be he's gonna be like perma mad at me forever <laughs> because of this bet. <laughs> oh, you had to mention his pitter pot, and all of a sudden it's like, uh oh, here comes Gables. <laughs> he turn, he's turning green. <laughs> oh man. Uh, oh my god, but, that was the funniest shit though. Oh yeah, it was a good time. But uh, yeah, because I'm looking at my extra life, man, and it's like this is a good year to do it too. Because for me personally, not a lot to play for me. So, right. Like I was looking at like I might be like replaying some shit this year. Like, I, there's a couple of games I'm like, I got like God of War on there. You know, I redownloaded a while back. I'm like, ah oh, man, maybe a good time. Because what sucks though is I don't know. Like, we don't know for sure if like our our saves go over to the new consoles. So I like, am not, dude. I am not going to like. Uh, I am not going to chance having any of those saves like that. Even if 
Sony was able to go through and do the whole aspect and stuff. I do not trust them to be able to transfer our saves from PS4 to PS5. You think they could because we have the cloud, but it's like, I know like certain games like Madden, like they you you have to play an online franchise to bring your saves over, which is annoying because the play I technically have to play online, even though I'm just playing in a franchise mode by myself to bring my saves over. Uh, so if like a couple times like my internet just like disconnected for a minute and I recently re- do it and like I had a, it kicked me out of the game so I had to go back in. Right, right. So that's really annoying when you're just playing a computer. But uh, and like they're saying you can. I know a few other games to like Cyberpunk shit. So I don't know if it's a game by game basis or if it's just across the board. But you think like just across the board. But hopefully um, it is because yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, anyways, Extra Life's coming up. Gables and I are going to play through uh, Resident Evil or attempt to go through Resident Evil 6 finally. Okay. I'm pretty sure we said it like every year for like the last like four years. I remember I said it, Jake and I were going to go through it our first year doing, um, what, what, what's that, was it our first, it was our first year of the show. Yeah. 2013. We were going to go through it together on uh, extra life that year. And, uh, or no, our second year and our second year we we're going to go through it. Cause I remember I, I, re, I was, uh, I was playing through the, my first year doing extra life is the, is the, when I played through most of Chris's, I played through Jake's campaign. I played through most of Chris's. And I think that's when I gave up on it was because I same with you. I ran out of ammo. I'm like, fuck this. So um, seven years later, and then like Jake's like, you want to play through the extra life uh, or the Resident Evil 6 thing? And it was like 10 o'clock and night. I'm like, dude, I'm playing games I like right now and I'm not having fun. I'm not going to play a game I hate right now. So <sighs> yeah. It's seven years of the making. We gotta bury the hatch before yeah. next gen. I have we how many how many times like the first like two years of the podcast I couldn't go more than a month without ranting about that game. So Oh I know. So it's uh it's time. It's time. Gotta finally bury you know, I've already beat two and three this year. I beat seven this year. Um so That's good. Yeah. So I mean and I'm you know, so I played a good chunk of Resident Evil this year, so it, the good way to round out the uh the generation is knocking out half of the mainline games. So Dude, I just realized something. Hmm. If we do beat Resident Evil 6, that's going to be the first ever Resident Evil game I've beaten. Are and you that serious? Kind of, that, yeah, that actually is the truth. I've never beaten a Resident Evil game. Oh, wow. <laughs> I thought you beat 5 with Jake. Oh, no. Oh. No, no, no. I didn't beat 5 with Jake. I played through half of the campaign with Jake until I got fucking tired of it because... Well, here's the thing, man. It's like, well, it was all fun and all of that, though, but Jake had all the overpowered weapons, and he kept destroying a bunch of things before I even had a chance to go through. Oh, he told me right. to hide back into the back of the freaking beginning of the portions of the stage and stuff, and here he is clearing out all the stuff. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like Xbox One. Yeah, I, I remember that now, because I remember, like, I, I hate that in games. Like, when you play, like, games with friend, your friends, and it's like, everybody's, like, 20, 30 levels ahead of you. So I remember a few times playing Borderlands 2 with people and they're like mm. r- like max out their level and I'm only like midway through the main game and they like I'm like 20 30 levels behind them but yet we're playing against their leveled players so it's just like one hit kills for me like I'm just dying immediately and it's like yep. all right you just I mean, it was great cuz I got to farm a bunch of crazy experience points so when I went back to my game I was now over leveled but for like I remember for like on extra life doing that with Borderlands 2 for like I don't know, four or five hours with people. And there's all four of us in there. And like, everybody's, you know, max level. And I'm just like, I'm level 25 and they're all level 60. And I'm like, this, this is not fun. I'm just like dying. And I'm like losing all my money. <laughs> Literally me with destiny too. When I'm playing with people. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's like one of the main reasons I don't like playing those games is like, I 
play at a, a for the most part i play at like a level pace and it's like i don't get too crazy with like levels and power rankings and shit like that and it's like right right all my friends are like all right well i'm like i'm at like 150 now with my guy and i'm like oh i'm like 25 so it's like you know i'm a little bit behind you you know give me like just stop playing for three weeks and i'll catch up <laughs> so yeah this should be fun I mean, you know i mean even if it's like a way out is a fine game yeah but if like if you play the game by yourself it's a it would be i guess like but playing with a friend that's what made it fun so maybe resident Evil six like us going through this torture together um we'll make it we'll make it so we have a good time so. Oh yeah. Well, this is gonna be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to it. This is gonna be. This is gonna be awful. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, we are a video game podcast where we play where we play and talk about video games, uh, and we have a plethora of news uh, this week. Not a lot of too big crazy announcements. A couple bigger ones, but uh, it's just a kind of a nice little steady week here of some uh, nice little trickles of news. But the one big megaton news we had. Um, it was funny. We last last week after the podcast, like we were talking about, man, it's been we've had a crazy month of just like news. Like we've had Nintendo Directs, we've had uh, Xbox announcements, we've had PlayStation announcements. It's like we've just been spoiled with news the last month. It's like ah, oh, we were talking about like oh man, it's like next week's probably gonna be a light week. This is on Sunday night, like like two o'clock in the morning, Sunday night, Monday morning, and then like six hours later, Microsoft announces they bought Bethesda. Uh, so um, they bought it for uh, seven point five billion dollars that's with a b they bought uh the parent company zenimax um so now they own bethesda um they also own like tango games uh id machine games um so they have now expanded they have fallout skyrim or elder scrolls starfield evil within prey wolfenstein dishonored um they have all of it doom doom i can't believe i forgot doom um so they uh now, so they got them. Uh, it's gonna. They haven't officially bought bought them yet. It's gonna. You know, these things take a while. So they said it should be, it should be a done deal by uh, the first half of the next year. So sometime around uh, at the latest June is what they're saying that this is all done because they're getting like twenty five hundred employees. This brings your studios from fifteen to twenty three, uh, which is crazy. I think I I didn't realize, but uh, PlayStation has uh, thirteen. And they already had fi- Xbox already has fifteen, but they've required I think like ten or eleven in the last few years. So this brings up twenty three, and I'd argue that these eight that they just bought are bigger than probably the you know maybe majority of the fifteen they already had. Um, so the the big thing is is like um, they talked about they're going to honor the deal. It's funny the next two uh, Bethesda games coming out, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathpool, are PS five exclusive, are PlayStation exclusives. That maybe probably I think they're time exclusives, but. The big thing they did say is that their games are going to be coming out day and date with Xbox Game Pass, and then it's going to be a, a game by game basis on whether it comes out. Uh, it's also coming to PC as well, but um, it's going to be game by game basis on whether or not it's going to be coming to uh, any other consoles, including Switch, which Bethesda's been pretty good about uh, porting games over to the Switch. Um, this, you know, with um, the last few years now, I think that pretty much anything that, like Wolfenstein 2, the original Doom, uh, Skyrim, but Skyrim was on everything. It's even on fucking Alexa for God's sakes. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, they got Alpha Dog, uh, Arcane Studios, who does Dishonored Prey, Deathloop, Bethesda Game Studios, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Starfield, Id, who does Doom, Rage, Quake, Machine Games, who does Wolfenstein, uh, they have another studio called Roundhouse Studios, which doesn't mean anything yet, uh, Tango Gameworks, Evil Within, Ghostwire Tokyo, and Zenimax Online Studios, who does Elder Scrolls Online, Fallout 76, the big thing they also did announce is like, uh, Fallout 76 and Elder Scrolls Online will continue to have support 
on PS4, PS5, PC, everything like that. So, yeah, so some pretty crazy big news here. Gable's probably um, maybe one of the biggest acquisitions of a game studio in a very long time. But um, what were your thoughts around this news? I thought it was shocking. It was very huge in terms of scale. We haven't had a major gaming deal like that in quite a long time. I cannot remember the last big deal that happened in the gaming industry, but this is the type of deal that shakes the foundation of the gaming industry for years to come. And you better believe the next Fallout, the mainline Fallout, the next Elder Scrolls game, Elder Scrolls 6, Starfield, you better believe that those games are going to be predominantly either on Xbox and PC both, or maybe... Who knows? Maybe the next Nintendo Switch? Here's the thing about it. It's like... With Microsoft going through and acquiring Bethesda, you know, ZeniMax Studios, and this and that, they pretty much guaranteed themselves, like, a lot of talented developers, a lot of talented people, and hell, even guys like, say, John Carmack and, like, everything else and stuff have actually flirted with the idea of coming back to work on, work on like, uh, various games in regards to... Oh my gosh. Now I forget the whole thing that he had for uh, on Twitter. There was a back and forth between like him and like someone else in regards to potentially maybe returning back to one of the games that he was oh, um, working it, on, Doom uh, or something? Well, yeah, because I, I don't really know the full story, but it's like, uh, I think there was a falling out between him and Id a long time ago. Yes, uh, yes. And now that, uh, maybe it's Bethesda, I'm not really sure, but they had a falling out. And he said, well, now that Microsoft owns them, maybe I can come back and work for you guys. So it was just kind of a joke, I think. It's kind of like the, um, like someone posted something about. Does that mean Obsidian can uh, make Fallout Ve- uh, New Vegas two? And um, I did like a shrug emoji when uh, Obsidian pl- replied to it because I believe <laughs> Obsidian and Bethesda had like a falling out as well, or had a disagreement, and they just don't work together anymore. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Kind of awkward that uh, Microsoft owns Obsidian and now they own Bethesda. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Because like Obsidian's like, just like they make a lot of very similar games to like Bethesda, but just on a, a smaller scale. So, well, here's the thing, man. It's like we are definitely going to be seeing exclusive games for the next Xbox. So Xbox Series X, I would probably guess that we're going to see a PC and Xbox Series S exclusive Elder Scrolls Six. That would be a no-brainer in my personal opinion. You gotta have enough incentive in order to play the game on their system, but uh, honestly, it's a huge ass deal. You're gonna get a whole bunch of great games. They're gonna be day and date on Game Pass, so it's gonna be making that incentive even more tantalizing. Which got me thinking. It's like with the amount of stuff that Microsoft is planning on putting on that Game Pass now, with the acquisition of the Bethesda. And even this past week, I think it is, where they went through and confirmed that Doom Eternal is going to be coming onto the Game Pass as well. That, in of itself, that in of itself is a very enticing deal to a lot of people that that either know a lot of Bethesda's like IPs and stuff, Doom, Wolfenstein, Dishonored, this and that. You know, it's like that's even more than saying, "Hey, get Game Pass for the six months." like three months, three to six months or whatever the hell you decide to do it and you get a Series X, invest inside that, you're good to go. Automatic game collection. But yeah, it's it's crazy to think that Microsoft, we've been hearing rumors over the past couple months that they've been shopping 
developers, you know, going through to see who they can go through and pick up and stuff. People yeah. thought it was going to be Sega for a long time. People thought it was going to be WB because they've expressed interest in maybe acquiring WB, this game department, because yeah. Warner Brothers was going through and wholesaling people, like not people, but wholesaling like uh, developers and like all sorts of studios and this and that with their reshuffle. But to hear that they actually bought one of the biggest, one of the biggest like uh, publishers, developers and stuff inside of Bethesda in Zenimax Studios. I mean that. Honestly, I did not think that's going to happen because those guys are fucking huge. They have their own separate, like, fucking conferences and yeah. this and that, you know, showcasing their own games, like, almost every year at E3 for the past couple of years. So that's huge. Their studio thing increased from 15, like you were saying, Tyler, to 23. They have much more talented people that they just acquired that is going to work and fine-tune a lot of the quality stuff. Yes, they're, like... Uh, Fulfilling the endeavors of like the PS5 exclusive game like Deathloop plus like whatever the heck they're going through with that uh, the Tokyo game in that regards, mm -hmm. but uh, everything's all crazy. It's like we're not knowing for a fact that uh, anything's really concrete. I would guess that there is definitely going to be plenty of Xbox Series X exclusives. Maybe a couple more ports going over to the Switch. I mean, I'm not ruling that out. I mean, hell, we still. There's, like, Switch owners are still waiting for Doom Eternal to get on the damn device yeah. that they promised. Mm. I think there's, there's I, I, it seems like they're doing, like, almost like a partner direct every month now. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe yeah. there's, like, a partner direct here in the next few weeks with October coming up. And then well, they definitely, well, Nintendo definitely said during the last partner direct that there's going to be uh, maybe a couple more before the end of the year. So that's yeah. in line possibility. And then Bethesda did say just, like, a week or two ago that's still in development, so... Good, good. Yeah. Tyler, what do you think about it, man? Um, you know, I think, you know, it's one of those things I was talking to Justin about, and he kind of framed it like, like it was a weird thing where I was like excited, but also like, I'm like, why am I excited about this? Like, this isn't like, you know, like an awesome thing for me necessarily. That means like I always plan to get a Series X anyways eventually, but it's like now I was like now I have to get one. And it's like you know, it's like, but it's like you're excited. For, he Justin framed it I was like. It's like, I don't love it for myself, but I love it for Xbox. And that's a great way to put it, where it's like, you want all three companies to be successful. You know, it's like, obviously, exactly. Xbox is like, I've been saying, you know, forever. And everybody says it's like, they do the all the best shit for, for the, the fans and the customers, but it's like, they lack the games. You know, it's like, you can have exactly. all the best deals, you can be the cheapest price, you can have all the best stuff. But if you don't have the the product there, no one's going to want to keep playing them. And this is a scenario, this is a huge step. Maybe the biggest yep. thing they've done ever for them um other than a bungee um you know when they had bungee back in the day uh most most important thing they've ever done and it's also i mean i didn't know this i don't think this was like a big thing before i don't know if this was really known before um bethesda was bought but i guess they've been not so much struggling financially but like they're not doing as well so yeah a lot of that has akin to fallout 76 and uh how much they invest inside that property and that game and stuff and how much reshuffling they've had to do. Yeah. Well, and it's but, just like, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, but Tyler, this also comes to mind and this is very important for any console that comes out and stuff. The exclusive games that you have on your system is what entices gamers to go through and purchase your system. Mm. Case in point, the PlayStation five people want that system. 
not because it's just a powerful game console, because there are exclusive games that you cannot find anywhere else on that device. Yeah. The new Ratchet and Clank, you have the remake, the remake of Demon Souls, you got a whole bunch of other stuff that's down the pipeline. Yeah. And, so um, it's important for Microsoft when they have their stuff. Yes. Yeah. And it's like I've heard, you know, uh Gary Wooda, um, he's a streamer, he like he like co wrote uh, uh Rogue One, Star Wars and He's a podcaster as well. He said he said a million times, you know, it's like the big thing about, you know, 95, 99% of the games that are on these consoles are the exact same. It's those 20 to 30 games that come out over that five, six, seven year period that really do make the difference. That's true. Like you look at, yep. you know, if you rank the top 25 exclusives for this generation, I guarantee you what, 20 of those are probably going to be PS4 games if you like not even being like a bias but like if you just go on um like metacritic and just look up overall scores and you look at you compare exclusives like 20 of those 25 i guarantee would bet are ps4 games not if you don't include nintendo if you just include sony or playstation and xbox um so like that's the big difference you know, like um you know and getting this that's awesome for them and just like I say in Bethesda was, you know, there been this weird play. And you, like you said, the fall 76, just the last, like, and we've talked about before um, and touched on it about how the, like Bethesda, like a few years ago was killing it. They had a Wolfenstein. They had Dishonored, Dishonored 2, uh, Prey was, did really, really well. I didn't care for it, but a lot of people love Prey. Um, then they had um, Wolfenstein, you know, Old Blood, uh, Doom 2016, uh, Fallout 4, um, People were like for the most like a lot those games were like super high acclaim and it's just like the last few few years the last couple of years it's just like Fall seventy six, um, Wolfenstein Youngblood Rage two these games that came out either just didn't like Youngblood and Fall seventy six did not review well seventy six being the big one mm-hmm. Rage two just kind of came out and it was okay um, Doom Eternal coming out and you know it's reviewed super well but it I mean that's the big thing about like a lot of their games they make is like. Um, they make really good. They make like a lot of their side games, their smaller games, those like B calling games, the like Doom, Evil Within, stuff like that. Like, and Wolfenstein, like they they get they review well, but like you look at like we, I talked about, like, remember like their name PDs, like Animal Crossing and Doom came out the same day, March twentieth, and yep. Animal Crossing, Animal Crossing blowing everybody. You can't really compare them, but like Doom, that first like it was out that same same day, and you let, remember that that March NPDs came out, and it was like in the teens, like the twelfth or thirteenth, and then. I think April, it was in the bottom, like the lower section, like the 15th through 20th section. And it just was gone in May. And it's just like, and I don't think it's been back on there since. Um, so it's just like, and that's the, the case of point with, like, I remember like Wolfenstein 2, same thing. It came out the same day as Mario Odyssey and uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, October 27th. I don't know why I remember that day, but I do. And those games were like one and two or two and three in that month. And it's like Wolfenstein was, I think was about the same. But was, I remember it wasn't even in the top 10. And then within a couple months, it was gone. It's like those games review well. It's really well acclaimed, but they don't not big sellers. Um, and I think that's, uh, you know, a big, I mean, I think it's great for those games, those middle games that come out. And I think, honest, I mean, I think they're more highly acclaimed um, than their big games. Like the, you know, the fall games, the Skyrim's like, obviously those ones sell better and they're more like, I think overall, like people rank them higher. Uh, people don't really love them, but I feel like there's a lot more like, for the gamer circle, like the hardcore gamer circles, like I think people look forward to those more than they look forward to, the, to like the, the big fallouts and the big Bethesda studio games. Um, or maybe that's just a me thing, but I, I feel like that's the case for a lot of times. Um, 
So that's awesome because that makes those games like, you know, they're in this weird shifting place where it's like, can those games still exist? Or like they're going to have to go more towards um, these online kind of games or they're going to have to go to like totally like they're going to go to smaller games. Like how are they going to make these games work? Because they're not still, it takes years to make, four or five years to make, and then they're not selling great. Um, so it's awesome that, you know, those games continue to exist. And it's like I've said for a while, like you look at all these big games that like um, Xbox, like these developers they own right now, for the most part, like the, most of their games come out and they're like, I've said a million, million times, like they're a swimming in sevens kind of thing where it's like, there's a few that pop up, you know, like Ori obviously reviewed super duper well, but it's not like a big game. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, the issue with like, you know, look at like Doom and Wolfenstein 2, those games reviewed super well, but it's not overly, it's not going to like, people aren't going to like go crazy. Like the, the mainstream audiences go crazy with that game. That's a, that's a gamer's game right there. Um, and, you know, it's going to be able to allow those games to stay and like the hardcore gamers are going to like, and the people that want to have an Xbox One or, or, or Series X, whatever, like now they can, you gotta go there to get them. You know, like that's gonna make me like, if Wolfenstein Three, I wish I assume it's gotta be soon. It's been three years since that since Wolfenstein Two came out. It came out in October twenty seventeen, and we're almost in October now, so we haven't heard about a fourth one. So I assume or a third one. So I'm assuming that's, you know, gotta be announced sometime next year. Um, you gotta think that's on the horizon. But like games like that might. Things like Evil Within, which I love the first two games, um, and I figure that franchise is probably over because I know they don't sell well. Like those kind of games can come back. Games that like maybe they're not gonna be world changers, but they review well and they're well they're, they're well acclaimed. Like that's kind of stuff they need in there. Like they need like those games that get a lot of eights and get a lot of nines. You know, like they need more of those games in there that are gonna be a little more acclaimed. Those games that usually sell two, three, and four million copies. Um, they need more of those games in there, not like. Like I I enjoy Tell Me Why, but like that's not gonna no one's gonna you're not gonna have a lot of people buying Game Pass for Tell Me Why. Um Battle Battletoads, really good game. We enjoyed the game, but if if it wasn't on Game Pass, we wouldn't have played it. You know? Very true. Um stuff like that. Uh they do those games like I would have bought this game, but it's on Game Pass, so I'm gonna get Game Pass. It's like Gears Five for me, like last year. I was like, I was gonna buy the game anyways, but now instead of paying sixty bucks for it. I can get it on Game Pass. Like I already have it, so I, boom, I got it. Or you know, I would have got Game Pass, you know, just to play it. Um, and yeah, so they're like over 15 million people have Game Pass right now. Uh, so that I assume that's only go up. And also the fact that they announced this the day before pre-orders went live. I think it's yeah, smart too. Where I they, they would have sold out anyways. Like you didn't have to do this, but it's just like it makes people want to get a get the game, get a uh, Xbox Series S or X that much more. Hopefully it... they had that in their back pocket for quite a while. Yeah. And they purposely held that until the day before the pre-orders. Yeah. Even though it's not going through yet, it's going to be, they said, it's going to take, you know, their six to nine months to actually go through the make it the final. Um, but it comes back to the same point, though. Where it's like the next two games that they have announced are coming to PS, are going to be exclusive to, to PlayStation. So it's like they're kind of in the same or issue right now where it's like, what's on the horizon anytime soon. It's like most of the shit they've shown, like the big stuff, Fable, Hellblade 2, those are 2022 games, probably at the earliest. Um, like we haven't even seen gameplay for Hellblade 2. We've seen one one trailer uh, last December, or yeah, last December. Uh, Halo, God knows if that when that game's going to come out. Um, that's probably, I mean, that could very easily be a fall 2021 game. So it's like there's still that issue where it's like, I mean, unless Bethesda had something big they were going to release, you know, it's like they don't have anything in their back, in their back pocket right there. So, but in a couple of years though, and I, I feel like I'm saying like they're a couple of years away from being a couple of years away. It's kind of, I, I feel like I've been about there in the last three years, but um, it's like with all these new, like, I feel like they can continually have 
big exclusive games coming out for them and keeping you with game pass kind of like you know with like netflix and like uh amazon prime it's like every month you like hey we have this big this big uh tv show this big movie on here it's like okay i guess i'll, I'll get it for another month okay i guess i'll keep it for another month just to watch these shows or watch a couple movies or watch a couple shows and it's like if they can do that where it's like every six weeks three months or whatever they have a pretty big game it's like a, a double a kind of game like even if it's the evil within or or doom or um some you know double fine game things like that like they have an, they have enough they can like continually every couple months come out with a good like a banger a good game it's like that will keep people around than just like getting game pass for a month and then you know like all right well i'll come back when the next big thing comes out or something else i want to play comes out you know it's like that's the key and i, I could see them being there you know a year from now uh, easily once halo comes out maybe like at that point that's what i'll get the ball rolling and they can continually keep with 23 studios they can continually keep pumping out games. Um, yep. You know, they can come out maybe two or three big ones every year and then have a few smaller ones in between there. Kind of like how Nintendo and Sony have been doing it for this this generation. So I think that's the key. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Awesome for them. Uh, like I said, Doom Eternal comes out uh, October 1st. So that's what? That's uh, Thursday. So that's awesome. Um and that's right before the uh, the DLC pack one comes out. It's not part of the you have to buy the, D- the DLC thing separately, but that's a good sell for them as well. Like they might get some people to buy the DLC for that game. Uh, but uh, moving on to speaking sticking with the uh, you know the Xbox and the pre-orders. So they had theirs. They announced uh, on earlier uh, a week or two ago that they're going to go on for pre-order on the twenty second, and then they had the details. It was going to be um, eight eight, uh, 8 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. Um, all the pre-orders are going up for all the GameStop, Best Buy, Amazon, um, even the Microsoft store. It, uh, so they, they went up and it was kind of a weird, um, situation where it's like, it's funny because like Xbox was like throwing some shade at PlayStation early in the week. Cause like about how like, Hey, you guys don't have to worry about us randomly popping up. Like, well, we're going up at this time and like kind of make a fun of PlayStation and their whole bungled pre-order th- situation. And then the Microsoft store immediately went down. <laughs> that that morning so it's like hey if you guys are gonna throw some shade and talk shit about playstation maybe you guys should make sure your own website doesn't go down for when as soon as the pre-orders go up um it come from microsoft the, the major tech company yeah and stuff that like too that. All of a sudden their website goes down just like that yeah so yeah that on top of, yeah, on top of it too they're the, the big tech giant too um but it was kind of weird you know like they had like uh um like amazon didn't go up until like you know, about 30, 40 minutes later, Best Buy um, went up like 45 minutes later. So most of the sites went up right up at 10. I heard Target was a disaster uh, getting, trying to get it, like something in your cart. Like the Microsoft store went down. Um, and then like the, in the brick and mortar, like GameStops and places like that were posting signs up the night before uh, saying how many Xboxes they had. So it's like, and like I, I heard a lot of uh, GameStops, like their PlayStation like count was short, but this actually it sounded for the most part was like 30 to 40 percent shorter uh uh like you know like places were putting like um only got 10 x's and two or three s's things like that um uh, and that doesn't even include i don't even know if they even like the panel if like there's some separated for the payment plan thing they have the all access stuff or what um but i don't know i mean it seemed like for the most part it worked out better a little bit better or ran a little smoother uh even though it was chaotic but it's pre-orders are chaotic but I don't. I mean, what's your what's your thoughts on this whole pre-order game? Do you do you like do you think Xbox's method was better, or do you think the way the PlayStation's went was better? 
To be perfectly honest, the only thing that was better about the Xbox and stuff is they told people beforehand. (laughs) That's the quintessential truth. I mean, they told people beforehand, hey, this is what's going to go on. This is how it's going to go. And this is when we're going to go through and do our thing. And they actually did go through and follow through. But other than that, though, it was still chaotic. It was still crazy. Microsoft's website did go down and stuff. But uh, it wasn't too much better. That's what I'd say. Yeah, like I, I went on, like I wasn't gonna pre order one, but I just wanted to see if I can get on to pre order one. Like GameStop had like a queue thing. Um and that was my concern going into it. Like I my friend talked about last week was like PlayStation did like uh last Friday, like what they said like um was like Walmart's gonna have uh pre orders go up at nine PM Friday night and then like immediately like they sold like in like two minutes. And it was like yep. a lot of issues with bots and shit like that. Um Yep. And that was my concern going into it, it was like I don't like yeah, like it's frustrating and it's random and it's like, you know, it makes it, I I don't know. I just, I, I'm of two minds with it. Like, well, I, I agree. I think like letting people know what's happening at this time is probably if like, I think both, both suck, you know, like there's gotta be a better way of doing it. Um, you know, even, I don't know if it's like, a, like I'll do a lottery thing. I don't know. Um, but like, I don't know. It's just like, but you give like people like, you know, they know it's coming. They can set up bots and then like, you can see people like, I'm like, we pre-order a ton of them or um you know with the playstation one it's like the people that want the most are going to get them like the people that yep you know you got i don't know i'm not saying it's better but it's like like trying to find it's like you know like if you really if you were the one if you got one it's like because you really really wanted one you know it's like i i was that madman refreshing twitter listening to people like updating playstation shit on online while i was taking a shower to make sure pre-orders didn't go up and like i missed them um, that's like I told the story last week about how I was in the shower and I found out that GameStop pre-orders went live and that's how I got mine. Um, so it's like, I don't know. Is that, is it better? No. I, I yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I hope that we figure out a better system before next, uh, but who knows where the hell we're going to be in, in seven years. But I, I do like kind of miss like the old days of just like, you know, like I remember like the Wii coming, going out, coming out and like I stayed outside uh, in late November in I in Des Moines, Iowa, sitting outside of Best Buy all night for like 10, 12 hours. I was fourth in line <laughs> to get a fucking Wii. So it's like, <laughs> maybe that's the best, me- best method. We just don't do that anymore because the internet and also COVID. But uh, I don't know. It's like, it's like, it's miserable because it's fucking freezing cold outside. But it's like, I don't know. Like, it'd be kind of fun. Like, you know, if I just get some friends together, it's like, hey, dude, you guys want to just go sit outside fucking GameStop all night and get a fucking uh, PS5? That, I mean, if COVID wasn't a thing, I mean, I don't know. That could be pretty fun. I think we keep ourselves entertained, especially if we just brought our switches with us. I don't know, but um, moving on. Uh, so this is kind of a weird one here. Uh, I don't know how to. I don't know where to where I sit in this one. So there's been rumors that. So we've had rumors earlier in the year about like PlayStation's working with Konami about making a Silent Hill game, and then people went crazy like, what if there's a Metal Gear Solid Five? What if we go to Metal Gear Solid in there and stuff? And now there's rumors. Um, like there was first off, there's rumors that uh, the Metal Gear Solid games were coming to PC, which ended up happening. And then there's been some leaks, and the people that have leaked this before have a pretty much a perfect track record that there's going to be a Metal Gear Solid complete remake um, coming to uh, PS5 as an exclusive. Um, so I don't know. There's no more details other than that. Just that uh, the people that have, have said this before have been pretty spot on about this stuff um there's been, that's the rumors of the silent hill stuff I haven't really seen the die so it makes me kind of think and i even kind of that was like one of my guesses at the ps5 reveal earlier this month um so those 
I don't know. I, I still kind of feel good about the Silent Hill stuff, but like, I don't know. I mean, do you, do you, do you think that this Metal Gear Solid remake stuff can be real? I'll be perfectly honest with you. I treat it as like a big old rumor. I do not believe that this is going to be happening. Then the reason why I feel that way is because we're not 100% sure if, say, Sony is actually going to go through, go consultate me with, like, with Konami or whatsoever in order to get the IP in order to do this remake in general. You know, I don't feel like that. Uh, I feel like the more Konami sort of track record as of late has been to do exactly what they did when this stuff started going around, which is getting giving like a whole bunch of the freaking Metal Gear Solid games like a GOG, a good old games and stuff like that, you know, the Metal Gear one and two plus some of the other like uh, Metal Gear games like from I think it was like MS DOS or whatsoever. Or... Mm. No. No 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 MSX. That's okay. what it was. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. That's what I'm that's what I think of the back of my head. It's those type of games that were inside Metal Gear Solid three subsistence. Um yeah other than that though God if if this is a true thing and we are getting a remaster for a Metal Gear Solid on the PS5 as an exclusive and stuff, you gotta believe they gotta get the same voice actors as back then, you know, because I oh, do not no. want to play through the original Metal Gear Solid without David Hayter or Solid Snake. Agreed. And that's that's a fact here, man. He is Solid Snake, mm-hmm. regardless of what the fuck they Konami try to do, replace him with Keith or Sutherland. I do not give a shit about Keith or Sutherland. <laughs> In Metal Gear Solid Five, let's just point that out right now. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't trust this rumor, man. But, yeah. Uh, how about you? Uh, um, it's like, like the fanboy in me want is like trying to like, hoping it's it's like a, a weird thing where it's like, it's like a reverse jinx kind of thing where it's like you don't want to like talk shit about you know like when you're going to like, you like your favorite football team's playing like somebody else like a coworker's fo- favorite football team. It's like. Uh-huh. I don't want to talk shit about their team because like I'm just gonna like if I if I'm wrong, I'm gonna look like uh, I'm gonna it's like egg in my face or it's like so like you just talk shit about your own team has like almost like a reverse jinx kind of thing. So for that reason, I'm gonna say <laughs> it's that too. I'm, I'm gonna say it's not real uh, because it's just unrealistic. That's never gonna happen. But my God, there's nothing I want more as far as remakes go. Like a from the ground up remake. As long as like somebody good does it, like Blue Point or something does it, and it's like, and Konami oh, no has, like, like Sony just went up to Konami is like, you guys don't have to do anything, just let us make this game. We'll pick the studios, we'll hire the people, and you just get a cut of the sales. And that's all you gotta do. You do nothing else. That's the only way I want this. But if it's like Konami's, like they hire somebody and they're doing it, I have zero faith at that point. But because uh, we've seen how shitty they are about porting shit, um, I agree. And doing things like that. So. Um, yeah, just give me that, it, and just uh, or even if you just like an HG remake right now of of Twin Snakes, I'd be all all on board with that too, because I I would play an upgraded version of that game, but uh, I would definitely yeah that that would be that would definitely be kind of more tricky legal wise and stuff because that's uh that game that version of the game was developed by like Silicon Knights you know that yeah and stuff yeah they're gone but you got imagine Konami owns the rights to that game though still so well yeah of course but of course. um. Yeah, oh man, I want that so bad. But uh, moving on, uh, so our next topic here is something, excuse me, that we've been talking about for uh, a while now. This was leaked earlier in the year, which um, I think back in May, which is crazy to think. Uh, but there was uh, the 
came out that the Mass Effect trilogy was was happening has to come out later this year, um, and then there was reports uh, about a month ago or so that they're going to reveal at the beginning of October and release it at the end of October. Um, now, none of this has ever been officially revealed by EA, but um, uh, EA uh, is now pushing the game back uh, for planned early 2021 uh, uh, release. What they're doing, and the, the main issue is that's holding up the development is uh, beyond, you know, also not beyond just the pandemic is the uh, the original Mass Effect game. Um, I'm going to read this from the uh, article here. It says it currently does not live up to the quality of the rest of the package. It would make a poor first impression for new players. It would, might disappoint fans who then won't go on to play the, and experience the impressive upgrades to Mass Effect 2 and 3. Uh, this is a problem with both the visuals and gameplay. The people working on the game understand the issues and they want to do right by the franchise's fans. Uh, one, oh, no. So one of the aspects uh, those fans... Uh, won't get to experience regardless of how much time Bioware gets is the multiplayer. EA doesn't plan to include the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer in this package. Um, something that uh, that would in turn, oh, goddamn, something like that would turn this remaster into a live service game, and that is likely not worth the investment. Um, so that's kind of the big the, the thing, and this also it said it's going to include um, all the the DLC and all that shit too for the first three games. Um, so I don't know. It's like, like. I want this so bad. Like I, I've been talking about this for months. Like this was like my, my, my only hope for like, I was talking about earlier um, in the podcast about how like my actual life is looking pretty clear now because I was counting on this game to be my actual life uh, game. This would be the game that gave me through. Um, and you know, it's disappointment, but also I look at like, it would have been great for actual life, but then I look at the rest of the the year and I look at November and it's just like, I, that game would, I would play it for a long time and then that game would get pushed off to the wayside because it's just like November is just the murderer's row of, of really big games. But mm-hmm. um, and also you know, with everything going on, it's it's good too because it's like I look at you know Mass Effect, they're just trying to like bring it up to it's going to be like runs like two and three, whereas it's going to be the the, the gameplay is going to be a, a little approved a little better, and also it's going to look and run a little better because one is the the best story in the game, but the combat and the way it plays is a little clunky. You know, it's just like there was the the people. You know, two went more kind of gears of war, but like the way it just kind of ran was just kind of it was just off. Like the the story is what drove that game more than the the gameplay. Um, but still, like I think our, our Mass Effect one and two are on the same pedestal for me. I, I'd probably slightly give the edge to two, um, but uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm happy that's the reasoning why. You know, it's like and it's like you know Mass Effect or like EA is like big on just getting a game out there regardless if it's ready or not anthem um sim city mm-hmm. uh any game that they release in march period um come like for a fiscal year like they all come out and they're just shitty and broken um but i don't know i mean disappointing but what, what do you think Gables? well i'll be perfectly honest with you i am disappointed that they aren't including the mass effect 3 multiplayer because that yeah. was somewhat decent it was a blast. however it was a it definitely was fun for what a for what it was back then. I mean, I didn't invest a lot inside of Mass Effect 3 like some other players did back in the day. I know you've had quite a bit of fun with it. I had my fun, though, but I mostly stuck to the single-player experience because, well, hell, hell, I wanted to finish the fight with the Reapers. Mm -hmm. But uh, it concerns me now hearing about them changing some of the aspects of the original Mass Effect Obviously, they want to go through some quality control, like manipulating with the uh, gameplay of it, making it more akin to Mass Effect 2 and 3. I actually 
understand I do understand why they're going this route, but at the same time, there are plenty of people that do like the gameplay in regards to the original Mass Effect, and because it felt more like an RPG as opposed to a third person shooter in that retrospect. I mean, hell, I know I do like a bit of the original Mass Effect in terms of its gameplay. The only things about the gameplay I did not like about it is the AI characters when you go through in squad and with your squad and stuff and have them designate the points and designate them to go and fire and stuff. They're freaking brain dead mm. as compared to uh, Mass Effect 2 and 3. And honestly, honestly, I don't want them to mess up too much of or change too much of what made that game fun and campy to in the to begin with, to be perfectly honest with you. Because most of my experiences with the original Mass Effect is just a lot of, like, random stuff. You know, like, getting stuck in the environments and stuff of random planets because I was exploring a lot of the different planets and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, here I am, just stuck inside of a spot. Can't even yeah. move, in, like, in the circle. But, uh... Honestly, I don't want them to mess it up to the extent to where it feels like an entirely different different game or more akin to just mass effect 2 in that retrospect yeah and you're right you're right though tyler the story part of the original mass effect is definitely the strongest part in that retrospect as compared to like the other two games which you know what i did love the story and the side missions the you know the loyalty missions in mass effect 2 oh yeah the story stuff in mass effect 3 you know i did like to a certain point i honestly back in the day i know a lot of people had the controversy had a lot of uh things to say about the ending of the mass effect 3 hell honestly i really wish they would have left it open-ended instead of had to cater to a bunch of the fans because well the fans pretty much dictated when like how they should end their own series which hey that's on that's pretty much on like uh oh my gosh What's the name of the damn studio again? It's fucking late. Bioware? <laughs> yes, Bioware. Thank you. Mm-hmm. God. But, uh, well, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with this subsequent release early 2021. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't feel like it's a drastic overhaul. I don't see it to, like, Mass Effect 1. I think it's just going to be, like, they're going to make it look a little more graphically comparable to 2 and 3. Because um, I would say that's probably like yeah. one of the biggest leaps from one to two is like it's, I mean I remember like that was a big standpoint saying to me it's like just the way it controlled during combat and also just the overall look of the game, it just looked way better on N two like it just it it wasn't like next generation great but it was definitely like they got because obviously EA bought them after Mass Effect one came out it's like you guys had a lot a lot bigger budget um in for two than you did in one. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm excited for that game. I so badly wish it came out. You know, I wish a month from now I was playing that game, but it's totally fine. I look at you know the beginning of next year um, as of right now looks pretty 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 light. So that'd be a great time um, for all those games to come out. But um, moving on to our next topic here, Gables. Uh, so Amazon came out and just surprise revealed uh, Amazon Luna. It is their cloud based gaming service, kind of like uh, Stadia and X Cloud. Um, this has been rumored for a while, I believe since the beginning of the year. It had, what was it? It was like a, uh, it was like, I think it was codenamed Tempo or something like that. Was what it, what, what the rumor was? Uh, they just randomly announced announced that at an Amazon event. Um, but it's coming out. It's gonna be. Uh, they they showed off the controller, which just, just looks like a, uh, um, 
uh, Switch Pro controller with with uh, Twitch Purple in it, and then there's an Alexa button in the middle of it. Um, it's six dollars a month uh, for the uh, right now for early access users, uh, and it has like a bunch of games. Like Control um, is the the big one. I think like the Surge is in there, uh, Luminous, Rhyme, um, a few others. Like Control is probably it's definitely like the big main show one out of this one. But like I said, it's only six dollars a month, and there's gonna be a Ubisoft channel that's coming later. This is coming soon. And I think the big key thing for this um, is like Stadia has like you pay so much a month and to get the service and you get a bunch of like games in this like pack, all kind of like a game pass type thing. Uh, but then you got to buy all the games separately. And they're at full, like a lot of the games are full price and they're like, they're $60 in here and they've been out for a few years, but they're $20 everywhere else. Uh, and then Stadia just doesn't really seem to work well. And there's not that big killer app for them. But you know this is coming out now. It's got uh, 1080p, 4K support. It's coming soon. Uh, 60 frames per second um, uh, is also a big thing they're pushing. But um, I don't know. I mean, I like said uh, plans have about yeah 50 games um, each on the Luna Plus and Ubisoft channels uh, by I think the, by the in or by sometime early next year is what they said. But uh, I don't know. I mean, this kind of came out of nowhere. I don't know. I mean, what did you think of this, Gables? It's starting to make Stadia look a lot less enticing for every passing moment. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing I have in terms of this whole this whole new streaming service by Amazon, this whole game streaming service, the quality of the stream of games themselves. Because that's one of the major things that has kept Stadia from becoming a little bit more like a little bit more acceptable in certain retrospects. Bar barring the whole like having to pay so much a month and then buy subsequential like games that were like for $60 that were like $20 in other platforms but uh the streaming quality over specific like internet connections that's going to be a huge thing and honestly if the streaming stuff is fine if there's not too many issues if people are able to sign up for this thing download their games that they Want, no, not, not download. What am I saying? It's streaming. If they go through and they start playing a bunch of the games and stuff with hardly any type of uh, input lag or any type of input delay or any type of like frame rate issues or buffering in that regards, if the quality is decent enough to where somebody can enjoy themselves without having to wait every few seconds for something to load in or something like that, then I feel like this could be a potential great hit in terms of uh, Amazon for their next venture in terms of the gaming landscape, since they've had interest in the past to invest more inside of the gaming industry. Hell, didn't weren't they the ones that acquired Twitch? Yeah, they own Twitch. So that's yeah. big. I think they're going to like have some Twitch integration too as well. And you see, that's one of the smartest things right there that Amazon is doing right now, because with the acquisition of Twitch and now what they're going through with this gaming streaming service here, as long as the quality of it is great, I feel like that they have a good shot of taking a lot of the good share, not only away from Stadia, but also away from Project X Cloud as well, and from like the whole Game Pass stuff from Microsoft. This doesn't do too much for me. I just see this as like just another big company trying to get into the, the gaming sphere, and it's easier for them to just do a streaming service than build a box, which might be the better way to go, but. I don't know, I just, I don't look at, I look at this, and I look at it the same way I look at Stadia, I'm like, this is a cool idea, but you know, even less so now, because I looked at Stadia, I'm like, going into it, I'm like, this could be something eventually, and like, I, 
Yeah, but says the worst thing that Stadia did was when they came out last November is like this should have been like a bait. Like, hey, this isn't beta. You know, it's like, and they had a, to me, my argument with them is like, they got a year to get this shit together and like came out, didn't like, didn't really go gangbusters. People didn't really, it didn't run super great. And then like, now it runs super great, but it's like, okay, what's the reason to get this thing? Like, okay, like what's the big game I have to buy? And it's like, I look at like Amazon and I look at like, you know, I can't remember the name of the game, but they released the game earlier this year and it was so bad. They put it back in beta. Like they released the game. Unreleased it into into beta, and now it's back in alpha. So it's like, I don't know how seriously they're taking this whole gaming thing. Um, you know, it's like the, you know Google and Amazon are companies that have the money; they can just jump into this. If it doesn't work out, all right, well, it's over. Um, and it'd be great to see because I think this could potentially be the future of gaming. Like, I but I think right now X Cloud is definitely like the the main like the key thing. Um, in the end, like I think that's they're the one doing the best. They have the library to um right now to like jump out it's, you know when they're putting all their games on there they have like i said earlier like you like you you make a list of the top 25 games that you can play um you know in this generation exclusive games like i said 20 to 25 probably be playstation i look at if you put the top 25 games that are on all three of these services i bet m- most of them would be microsoft game, games you can only get on game pass you know so you got three generations of xbox games uh, and then a bunch of pretty good, really great uh, third-party games on there as well. And then it's only any, any game you buy on your Xbox or for PC or whatever, like, you can play on xCloud. So it's like it's That's true. only getting better. It's like so like – and then you can also play them on multiple things. You can play them on your Xbox. You can play them on PC. Well, I don't know about PC, I guess. But if you buy them on your Xbox, you can play them on xCloud, you know. So it's like I just look at xCloud and it's like they're fucking um, – Far and away the best one. They're the most expensive at fifteen, but I think you know you look at yeah six dollars and ten dollars for Stadia. It's like I would you know I look at what XCloud's doing. It's like that's the way I'd want to go right now. Um, and I just don't have any faith in Amazon right now. You know, like we've seen a lot of people try to jump in. We have the Ouya. We had the the streaming box. That I always forget the name of that came out like mid two thousand, like early two thousands, mid two thousands. That just kind of came and went, um, and. I look at those and it's like the game went didn't work out these games these are I mean they're bigger studio these are bigger, way bigger companies than those ones were but it's like I don't know I just have uh, I don't know I just, were you referring to on live on live yes thank you I always put the name of it yeah but on live so yeah we had things like on live we had things like the Ouya and stuff that were before their time honestly in terms yeah. of streaming stuff and I can understand where you're coming from Tyler because well, let's be perfectly honest with you. I know streaming games is still a new venture and stuff like that, but uh, well, all it takes is just one good device in order to streamline everything. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they they like you know you have the one killer app or a couple of big games come out for these things that you can't get anywhere else. If Amazon buys a uh, studio, you know they fucking buy Konami or they buy Sega or something like that. That could be a game changer for them. Uh, but uh, and put them exclusively on their on their platforms like that's something that could help. But it's like, you know, in the end, like people are gonna go there for the games that you can only play there. Like that's the selling point. And it's just like I look at right now, it's like who has the most experience and who's like the most people we, we can like look at. And like these guys are hitting there for the long haul. You look at Microsoft, you look at Xbox. It's like they're right now they are the ones like there's no reason I don't feel like to jump into Stadia or, or Luna right now. Like there there isn't. Um, Unless you just want to try out the service, but 
like there's no game on there that you can't get unless you just want to like play control for cheap or something like that uh like i guess that's a reason but um like there's no big killer app you can't get anywhere else so i'm hopeful that this like because i think this can be the future but i don't think this i still think this stuff might be um a little bit ahead of its time especially like like xbox has pc and game pass and a console to like support like those are the things that are going to make the money for them while they're slowly building x cloud and you look at luna and stadia like the streaming service is the service that's what they have so it's like yes it's like they have and also let's look at something else in mind too okay. when it comes to advancements and sort of like video game technology and stuff to put in perspective, before the whole game streaming thing, back when gaming consoles were still trying to do like downloadable games and stuff from an online server and this and that, even as far back as like say the 1980s in regards to the Atari 2600, you could technically try to play certain games online, but it was kind of like a niche thing. But other types of gaming like consoles in the past that have tried like certain aspects of just like downloadable games in general. We're talking about, like, systems, say, like, the Super Famicom and stuff, with the whole Satellaview stuff, but downloading specific types of games over an internet connection, going through, playing them. Of course, back then, you needed, like, a specific cart or something like that to put inside your console so you can actually have the game downloaded through your internet connection on the cartridge itself, and that's how you got specific games, like, uh, playable in that regards. But uh, as far as, like, game streaming is go is concerned and stuff. I agree with you, Tyler. I still feel like this whole game streaming thing and the normality of this is still about a good solid five, maybe seven years off because there are still a lot of improvements that need to be made in terms of internet connections and in terms of getting up to that standard. And right now with things like Luna and things like with Stadia, they're great concepts. They're definitely something that people can invest into. But at the same point, I am not going to trust either one of these services because I can get games for a PlayStation, for an Xbox, for a Nintendo system and stuff, like download them, play them on my device and stuff without having any types of issues. Yeah. And until we're we're at the point where streaming a game is not going to cause a lot of input delay or cause a lot of like lag or something or have connection issues, then geez, that's just something that... I feel like I'm going to be waiting a while for. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, I know it's, the fe- it's probably the future, and it's like, I, I get that. It's like, you would ask me, you know, 15 years ago, I went through this with, like, iTunes, where it's like, I'm never going to, like, I'm always going to buy my CDs physically. I'm never going to buy music digitally. And then I'm like, the idea of ever buying a, a physical CD ever again was crazy. I mean, it's like, I'm only going to buy iTunes, iTunes stuff. And then it's like, same thing I went through with, with movies where I'm just like, I'm never going to, I'm always going to buy DVDs or Blu-rays. I'm never going to just rent. Even like the idea of renting a movie digitally was crazy to me. And that's like now all the movies I buy is Amazon Prime. If I, if I buy a movie or I rent a movie, it's on Amazon Prime. And then I look at like, uh, you know, like where I've been this last five, four or five years now, I went from like the idea of me ever buying a digital game unless it was like on a dirt cheap sale was, was crazy. And if it's like, if I can get it physically, I'm going to get it physically. And now it's like, um, except for switch i'm like 90 percent physical or uh, digital at this point and it's like i understand eventually you know i'm gonna get to that point with like with streaming and so with video video games and like the big thing also is data caps where it's like i get 2,000 gigabytes a month here uh where, where we live and it's like on average we probably use depending on how much we stream and shit like that like during especially during like the uh 
shutdown when we're home pretty much all the time. It's like we were easily going through 1,500 to 2,000 gigabytes every month streaming just because we we're home all the time. But now that we're working and not home as much, it's like it's it's down to like 1,000. But it's like, I mean, if I'm streaming a game in 4K and if I'm getting, if I'm putting like one of like the, if I have like a weekend where I'm just playing games all weekend and I put 15 hours in streaming a game in 4K, it's like I'm going to blow through that data cap easily. Yep, so no shit. It's like we're also in that weird, that that process too. So it's like, um, I think that's gonna be a thing. It's like, and I don't get like I, I get two hundred uh, megs here, a second, but it's like, you know, it's like that. I don't know if I can even stream stuff four K, um, at that point. You know how well it's gonna run. Um, you know, so it's I don't know. I, I, I think it's the future. And I agree. I think it's coming. But I'm I it, like I it's based off really if if Luna and Stadia can stick into this for the long haul, three five years from now. If they're still around, that's going to be the key of how fast I think we get there. Um, but for the, you know, I, th- I still think we're, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the end of this generation, we're not, we're not getting boxes where we're just get we're just getting services, we're streaming services, or maybe we get like a box and we just stream off of it, you know, for dirt cheap. Uh, kind of like people do with like uh, the fire sticks and, and stuff like that. Like, yeah, maybe that might be the future, but uh, I, like I said, I think we're uh, a ways away. I can see it's like slowly transitioning. I, I, I'm curious, like where we're gonna be three, four years from now, once like Estonia can get to this field where it's like, hey, you can also stream their games on you know, for, for, from this or whatever. But um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but uh, we have a few more topics. I'm just gonna pick uh one more here. We'll just save the rest for next week if we get, if we have time. Um, the last big one here is um, so the Game Awards are happening. Uh, they're happening on December 10th. Um. You know, like he announced, uh, Jeff Keighley announced earlier in the year that there was that was going to happen. This one's going to uh, stream from three different uh, three different countries, uh, the United States, I believe, from L.A., Tokyo, and London are the big three. But uh, December tenth uh, is usually around that time. Um, they announced they're going to have a, a couple new awards. Like uh, I think it was like uh, I can't. No, I went to the website and I don't have it on here. They had an award for like best like uh, uh, accessibility for like you know like games that like. To help people with like handicaps, things are colorblind, things like that. Um, and there's like there's some different changes to the awards they do every year. They always kind of tweak some stuff. Um, I don't know. Give us like, I mean, we look forward to it every year. Are, are you are you excited for like what could be you know for another game awards this year? Yeah, honestly, I am pretty excited about it. I mean, last year I didn't really, I wasn't really as excited because there was just a lot of things like on the just pretty safe in my honest opinion. But at the same time, I do look forward to the Game Awards stuff every year because it's something different. It's something a bit more professional than opposed to what we have had in the past in terms of uh, gaming award shows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about the whole thing with GD, like G4 and stuff and Spike yeah. TV and all that other shit. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Who knows? We might get some more stuff by Nintendo, Microsoft, Sony. Yeah, you they, never know. They'd say we're going to have more announcements, so who knows. But uh, I don't I, um. I'm looking forward to it as well. I hope it's like like pre-taped or something like they tape it the day or two before because, like I the Gamescom one they did uh, earlier this year with Jeff Keighley was live and it just it always it was like awful. But I get it, you know, it's just the times we're in. Um, it's like just I want a little more streamlined. Uh, if we can like make it a little more clean and a little quicker to the point when all those awkward delays or not to worry about any like you know, especially with them being streamed from three different uh, countries. You know, it's like that's you talk about Tokyo, uh, big time difference between L.A. and also London, big time differences. So, um, 
I, I hope that it, maybe it's, it's pre-cut. And I also, like, they changed, like, the cutoff date because they always have that weird, like, November, like, 15th kind of cutoff date. And it's just, like, uh, like, I remember, like, last year the big thing was, like, Star Wars Fallen Order, which a lot of people had as their game of the year, wasn't able to be a, a nominee. And it's, like, you look at what's coming out. You look at November, like, mid to late November, the a lot of games got pushed into that November time slot. So it's like, uh, there might be a lot of big games, especially when you get the PS5 and the PlayStation, or the PS5 and the Series S and X coming out, um, like, in the mid-November. It's like a lot of big games could get cut off that list, and also Cyberpunk and uh, uh, a couple other games are, are coming out, and then, like, Gods and Monsters are coming out, like, late into that November and early December time slot. So hopefully, uh, you know, they kind of change that part and like allow some of these games to get in there. Cause uh, I don't know. I, 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 I had my issues with fallen order, but that was a game that probably should have been a, a game of the year nominee, possibly even a winner. Um, but Gables, uh, we are now at the part of the show. We got some more topics, but I'll save them for next week. Um, if we're, if we're light on shit to talk about, but uh, we're now in the part where we talk about what we've been playing this past week. So tell me what we've been playing. All right. Last week, I went forth and I bought a couple of different games on the eShop for the Switch. Obviously, Hades and stuff I did purchase, but I haven't touched that game yet because there are two other games that I have been playing. And honestly, these were games that I wasn't even expecting that I was going to be investing into. One of them is a game that is more reminiscent to old-school action games, more so like old-school like platformers, say from the Game Boy or NES era, and it's sort of colored almost exactly like how the sepia tone-esque graphics back from like when the Game Boy and stuff. So this was a cheap game, right? It was only five bucks when I bought it. And the game is called Doggerai. Now, Doggerai, as the name suggests, is a combination of two words. Dog and Samurai. <laughs> so quintessentially, you're taking control of a dog that is partially like a samurai and stuff and you're going through a bunch of different levels in order to rescue one of your friends who has been captured by the enemy and stuff but uh, you have to go through a lot of various stages you have to beat a lot of bosses at the end stages but it is interesting to a to a point to where you can actually go through and replay certain levels you get to choose which levels you can go through first the action is pretty fast it's intense I do like that in the gameplay where there are certain enemies where they'll give you a little prompt and stuff and you push the button and you can actually go forth depending upon what the directional thing on the D-pad that it shows on screen you can go through and you can just do continuous slashes like say like up, down, left, right or whatever and depending upon what the what the QTE prompt is you can do that, and you can just continue doing, like, damages up to, like, about five maximum, I think it is. I gotta say, though, this game, the gameplay is pretty solid. It's pretty fun. I mean, quintessentially, this looks, it definitely looks like I'm playing a Game Boy game, because there are certain color, there are certain, like, color aesthetics that are re very reminiscent to what you would play on an original Game Boy, or even on a Super Game Boy, to where you can change certain colors depending upon levels, the starting level you have is more like a sepia tone color, so it's sort of like this greenish sort of yellow type of aesthetic that you start off first thing. I didn't really mind the aesthetics, and quite honestly, I did like the idea that uh, the game in and of itself kind of gives that 
sort of classic like appeal of say on an NES or on a Game Boy where you're playing this specific action game there's a lot of crazy looking characters this and that the boss battles are actually pretty interesting in regards to there is well in regards to they are fun to go through a couple different times the patterns of the bosses are very recognizable it'll take you a few tries just to go through and beat the specific bosses but i will say the final boss inside dogurai was definitely a little bit more challenging than i was actually went in and expected quintessentially with the final boss of dogurai it kind of reminds me a cross between the grim reaper from castlevania and like some other some other like major bad guy in terms of like retrospect because this boss has like two forms right so it's like you have the original starting form to where he attacks you with a sickle and you got to go through you got to dodge him and do this and that and stuff but then he transforms into almost sort of like a uh almost like a grand like like a grand wizard type of enemy to where he's shooting beams here and there you know he's got all these like these freaking projectile stuff to where they'll cover the screen and this and that but uh yeah, like I'm saying, you know, it's like the game in and of itself, it's very fun to play. The aesthetics is fine. The game's relatively short, but here's the thing. It has some plenty, it has plenty of replayability. Because inside these levels you can go through and you can collect certain things like these little floppy disk things, right? And there's like four that you have to collect in all. I was able to collect two of them. I didn't get the best ending in regards to the game in and of itself. But it encourages you to go through, play through the game again, do this and do that. So, overall, I had a fun time playing Doggerai. It definitely was something that I wasn't expecting. I looked at the game first off, and it sort of reminded me some more like a generic sort of pick-me-up game. But as I started playing it, and I started seeing how complex certain aspects of the game was, and how smart the level design was, I couldn't help but like it. You know, it's definitely the type of game similar to how when the Switch first launched, you would get specific types of games that were fun that you would not expect to be fun. Like like Kimiko. That game and it's stuff I loved blast. playing as well. And even like games like a couple of years ago, like Night Terrors that I played and I, that was like an endless runner and this and that, you know. I enjoyed it for what it was worth with that. So this is a hidden gem in my honest opinion. The game released this year, it's called Doggerai. I highly suggest people, no matter what type of platform it's on, give it a try. It's definitely a fun romp, especially if you're looking for that old school sort of gaming feel and you don't want to go back to playing anything on your the NES app or the SNES app on the Switch. So give it a try, it's Doggerai. <laughs> Didn't mean to intend that to rhyme. <laughs> anyway, the next game is... An oddball one. It was on sale on the Switch. It's called Snakey Bus. <laughs> now, Snakey Bus is an arcade-style game to where the cult concept is you have to go through and collect pedestrians, a la Crazy Taxi, and deliver them to a specific point where the arrow is pointing. Now, the whole gimmick of this is when you collect a specific amount of pedestrians, you'll fill up the meter until your bus is full you got to go through then and just and like uh drop them off at a specific designated point but every time you do that a bunch of like buses are added on to you so you could actually stack up multiple different buses when you're going through a specific playthrough 
Now, for the classic mode of this game, as there are a couple different ones, the whole concept is collect pedestrians, deliver them at a point, buses are added on to you, and you have like a jump button for some reason, which <laughs> it does come into play, especially when you gather like, I kid you not, maybe 50 to 70 buses <laughs> on your line and stuff, and you're starting to uh, running around a room because you're starting to overlap with yourself. Yeah, that's happened a couple different times that I've been playing it. But the game is super wonky in terms of certain graph and certain, like, it's super wonky in a specific way to where there are a little bit of glitches here and there, especially if you're playing the the game on endless mode to where if you get, like, about, if you go through all over the map and do this and do that and you decided to go, like, a thousand, like, uh, a thousand bus lines deep, which I did in endless mode last night... It was hilarious because you see a whole bunch of the trailer tr cars in the back of you just start just glitching out, just rolling all over the place, <laughs> and you're just going doing this and that. I got the biggest like flashback to like big rig truckers, Jesus. but uh, not in a not in any bad sense. No, no, more like a freaking comedic way. Because to put in the perspective, Snakey Bus was a game that was released on Steam last year, but it made it on the Switch this year. Honestly, I do love playing this game. It's surprisingly addictive. You have a couple different courses that you can ride upon. The opening one's a dorm room. So you have a dorm room with a whole bunch of Hot Wheel tracks that you can go through and collect different like pedestrians and do with this and that. But the way you go through the specific parts of this level is you take a specific Hot Wheels ramp and you can go through like around like the bed or inside of the bathroom and this and that. So, the courses, the stages in of itself are pretty creative. In one stage, you'll have a dorm room. The other, you'll have Seattle City. And then you'll have, like, maybe a bit of New York. And you'll even have some, like, a big old abstract ones, too. Honestly, like, like say this, this gigantic course or something like that where you're just circling around, like, this endless loop, pretty much. And you have to go through and, like... Uh, battle battled through in this big old terrain and stuff where you're just driving around like in a big old circle right but it's like a cylinder sort of base course so you you're picking up pedestrians right but you have to avoid these pitfalls and everything else for falling inside what i'm in, what i'm actually impressed is there's a lot of people that have played the switch version and they have all these different like crazy ass high scores from like just the longest lasting session in some of these levels and stuff is someone spent like a half an hour just going through collecting these buses and i'm like how the fuck are you getting through half an hour where i can barely get through like five minutes in <laughs> each session <laughs> but yeah snakey bus is pretty fun it's another one of those games where hey you know what it released this year on switch i wanted to try it out along with dog or I, and i had a blast with both of them as it stands though snakey bus isn't the type of game you really beat it's more or less like one of those arcade games to where you'll get your high score, you'll play it through in a couple different sessions and this and that, but uh, it's not going to be the type of game you're going to play for long chunks at a time. But uh, moving on, I have a surprise game that I had been playing through this oh. the past week, and the surprise game is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Remaster. Really? <laughs> 
Like I said before, it was going to be a game that you would not expect me to go through and play. You could give me a thousand shots, and I wouldn't have thought of this. <laughs> I know, right? So, the story goes, I'm on my PS4 one day, and I had a craving to try to play something that was installed on my hard drive. So, I downloaded Modern Warfare 2 Remastered, you know, without thinking. It's like, okay, well, it's a free game on PSN, so, of PlayStation Plus, so I'll download that, do this and do that. About a month or two later, I'm looking at my PS4, looking at the crossbar, and I'm like thinking, you know what, let's power it on. I haven't played this game since I rented it back in the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I played through the first six chapters of it, went through the no Russian level, which honestly still kind of like uh, kind of disturbs me today. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what's interesting is when you start the game, it'll tell you point blank that, yeah, there are some scenes in this game that are slightly good slightly disturbing but uh, do you want to skip these things you know because of uh you know it's not gonna affect any of the trophy score or this or that i'm like no i don't want to i don't want to skip i don't want to censor this game so i went full on went through the different levels and stuff and honestly i had a fun time playing modern warfare 2 remaster Hmm. i beat the campaign of that damn thing oh wow i actually beat the campaign of it i mean can you imagine that it's like i don't I'm not compelled to play through campaigns of Call of Duty too often. Black Ops was one of my favorite ones. I mean, World at War was definitely an awesome game. I mean, I loved the campaign of World of World at War. Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, I only tried bits and pieces on the 360 and the PS3, but with the remaster that released this year for Modern Warfare 2, I gave it a shot. Really liked what I played. I loved certain story dynamics of the campaign to where it's obviously it's a highly action oriented a lot of set pieces going through this and that i did like a lot of the set pieces especially when you're on the snowmobile and you're going down you're going through like the whole slopes and stuff like that and like uh you're dodging trees you're firing your gun you're just shooting all these freaking enemies off the fucking snowmobiles and they're crashing they're doing all this other stuff excuse me but uh i did like a lot of the there was this one story element and stuff like the backstab between, like, that uh, main U.S. dude, like, Shepard and stuff like that with the uh, Ghost and Roach and stuff. And you, you pretty much are, like, betrayed and he kills both of the guys and stuff. And then all of a sudden it's, like, then the whole, like, going to oil rig stuff, like, saving, like, uh, I think it's Price, I think his name was. And uh, U.S. Soap and stuff like that are going through all this different stuff. And then the final... And the final, like, uh, aspect, the final level, the final scene, this and that, I thought it was very fun in terms of the combat, the whole set pieces of how much action, how much interesting stuff you can get yourself into with these with these types of games at a time, obviously. I felt that the up and everything else seemed quite on par. The game is in HDR, honestly. And honestly, it looks pretty good. I thought Beanox did an excellent job with the... Uh, with this remaster of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Hmm. I think this is like what? The, uh, oh no, Vicarious Visions did the uh, Tony Hawk 1 plus 2. Yeah. And I... Beanox did this one. Okay. And quite honestly, I hadn't heard of, from Beanox in quite a long while. And quite honestly, I think they did a fantastic job with the, with the remaster. I did love a lot of what I played. And honestly, I thought it was hilarious that at the end, there's, like, this whole museum thing where you can go through and, like, interact with certain set pieces. So, obviously, I went through that one uh, main, like, antagonist and stuff through the campaign I shot. And <laughs> I shot him in the museum and stuff. 
But uh, what's hilarious, and I didn't know this at the time, there's this big red button right in the museum, and it tells you, do not press this thing, blah, 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 and so on and so forth. So, obviously, being the curious person that I am, I press the button. And you know what happens when you press the button, Tyler? <laughs> things go boom. <laughs> oh, no. Not just things go boom. All of the mannequins that are betraying each character in the side of the game, when you press that button, all of them start shooting at you. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, you you get killed by, like, about 40 different fucking people. 40 different characters from all these set pieces and stuff. <laughs> and once that happened, I'm like, oh, my God. They totally added that in this game. That's hilarious. So once again, this is the third game in a row where I'm saying to people, it's like, hey, you like Call of Duty? You haven't played through Modern Warfare 2 in quite a long while and stuff? I think the remaster is worth it. I honestly feel like it's worth it. I mean, honestly, I'd get it on sale if you're not interested in paying the, what, what, 20, 30 bucks I think this game is right now, the campaign only. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's like twenty bucks, but they had it. It was it was a free game. Uh, I think last month. So, yes, it was a free game on PlayStation Plus. So if you definitely have that in your your uh, backlog of uh, PlayStation Plus, download it. Mm-hmm. It's very fun. There's nothing fundamentally wrong with playing the campaign of Modern Warfare Two. Gameplay solid. The story is interesting to a point. It's pretty action heavy, but. That was pretty good, in my honest opinion. And I can understand why people loved playing that game back in the day. I understand why people enjoy it. So with that out of the way, the last thing I've been playing for this week is Mario Super Pie Cross. (laughs) (laughs) So going from an action game to an arcade game to another action game, and here we go to a puzzle. I love Pie Cross games now. I made that abundantly apparent when I uh, played through the Mario Pie Cross thing on the 3DS a couple of years ago. But uh, there's just something about Mario Super Pie Cross that I do like. It's one of those rare type of games where if I'm playing it, I play it for a good old hour chunk at a time. And it's still pretty fun. I mean, it's still the same type of concept as uh, the other Pie Cross games. There's like a 15 by 15 grid. It tells you how much per grid row that you had to go through and complete. Of course, because this is entirely in Japanese, because the SNES like app does import games and stuff. It does Nintendo do drop import games like on the app itself. I can't read a lot of Japanese stuff, but at the same time, I can interpret some of the pictures that I am going through and like uh, revealing and stuff like that. So. There may be one one thing you'll go through a puzzle and there's like it shows a dolphin or you, it shows like a man and a woman or something or it shows like a mother and a child or whatever, like headphones. But what I'm saying is Mario Pie Cross, Mario Super Pie Cross is also a very fun addicting game. Hell, if you have even remote interest of playing any type of Pie Cross game and you have Nintendo Switch, like, online and this and that, give this game a shot. It'll be kind of slow and methodical at first, but once you get the idea of how to play the game and what you're supposed to be doing, I feel like they'll a lot of people will enjoy this. But uh, as it stands right now, 
I am halfway through level five. And to bear in mind, all the courses through each level is numbered A through L. So it's like... So it's more or less like uh, 12 levels, I think, per level. Okay. Like, no, yeah, 12 missions per level or something like that. So like I'm saying, I'm halfway through five. And from what I'm seeing right now, there's like seven different types of levels. I'm not sure if there's... I'm not sure there's more after that, but you're looking at a solid, like, gosh, 12 times 7, so you're pretty much in for a long haul of a game <laughs> in regards to content. 96. What's that? 96. <clears throat> yeah, like, roughly, like, around that, 96. Or, like, 94 Wait, or something 84, like that. 84, 84. 84, okay. <laughs> God, I need to work on my 12 times tables now. Anyway. <laughs> wait, no. Wait, no. 96. 96. I, I thought I, I, I like doubted myself, and I was right. It's 96. 12 times 7, so it's like 14. Drunk Dash Nerds. Drunk Dash sure? Math Equations. Yes. I'll, 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 I'll get the calculator. Are you sure it's 96? 12 times I it was 94. <laughs> 84. My God. I can't do math. <laughs> it's 1 o'clock in the morning here, and I've been drinking. <laughs> Oh my gosh what's hilarious is like we're, we both like math stuff but even we at this yeah. point it's like it, it's late we we can't math with our lives yes. right now <laughs> we can't math nor english <laughs> very true but yeah that's pretty much what i've been playing for this week tyler how about you um so i'm, I'm real fast i've been playing one game well i've been playing madden of course but uh playing one game before i get to that game i would want to mention i watched a little documentary called console wars um okay it's uh it's on cbs all access it's exclusively on there it's a documentary like seth rogan and uh, evan gold uh goldberg uh, produced it as well uh it's based off the book that came out uh, about five six years ago about the console wars between sega and nintendo um about an hour and a half or so um i just there's like a you can get like a free trial for like seven days of all access which is what i did uh, i'm just gonna i just canceled it so i don't have to pay for it but right um okay. it's actually it's pretty good and it goes through like, it it spends a good chunk of it talking about Sega and how they, you know, went from, you know, it goes like Nintendo coming back and like bringing the video games in and then like them going with no competition, and then like uh, Sega coming in and how they how like they're like, they went from you know they had this console out with Altered Beast was a big selling point to how Sonic became a thing and how. Basically, how uh, you know Sega, the whole war between Sega and Nintendo in the early '90s, uh, um, and it, it's fine. I think it's it's pretty good. Um, my main issue with the thing is honestly there wasn't enough of it, where I felt like they could have dove deep deeper into a lot of the shit. Like a lot of it, it feels very much on the surface of like, if you're like a gaming nerd like us, like we know the gist of it. And there's a lot of stuff in there I didn't know. Um, and then you get a lot of the interviews from the people like that worked for the companies at those times, which is really cool. And just talking about like the, it's mostly based on like the American side, because I guess like, uh, like they talk about like the Sega really wasn't like that big of a thing in Japan. It was, it really did well in America. Um, naturally where the war was like Nintendo just destroyed them in Japan, but, um, going through the whole back and forth. And my main issue, like I said, the main issue was like, they didn't like, they could, I feel like they could have went deeper. Like, I almost wish like this was like an extra hour or like it was episodic. If I could got like, you know, like four or five episodes of this, um, would have been, I think I would have enjoyed it more. Um, Whereas just my main issue was like it just kind of wrapped up. 
like they'll like like hey this whole war and how like it, like it was going on it was and then like like the last fifth like it, they were like building up and it's just like oh yeah PlayStation came out and then uh the Sega Saturn came out and I didn't do well and then the PlayStation did really really well and then the 64 was rushed and then that was our got delayed but it was still rushed and that was pretty much like the whole like that like they just wrapped up the last like 15 minutes it's like whoa there's a lot of details in there guys that you just kind of glossed over um but i yeah, was fine oh yeah yeah they probably didn't even bring up the point that the reason why the sega saturn was kind of like buried to begin with is because you had that same e3 right yeah. around 95 or somewhere sega just stealth drops the sega saturn yeah, they talk on about that day they do they do mention that but they don't really go into the issues they don't really delve into the issues with the saturn and then, like, they do show the E3 press conference where, like, the Sega just, like, was awful. It was, like, their Xbox One moment. And then it was just, like, PlayStation going up at E3 and, like, the guy walks up and just says two ninety nine and walks off the stage. Like, they, yep. they show that stuff, which is cool because I never actually... I've heard of those stories, but I never actually didn't know there was an actual video of it. And, and they... Yeah, there is. Yeah, like, like I said, they, 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 they touch on those things, but they don't really dive into it. And they also talk about, like, I think his name was, like, Tom Klinsky. He was, like, the guy that, like, kind of, like, Barbie was like on its way out, like, and he brought him back and made him like he's like, made it like what it is today. Um, like he made Hot Wheels. Like he was like the king of Mattel. He made, you know, he's like, uh, the marketing master of things like that. And he was the guy that the Sega of America like hired him. They literally went. He was on vacation in Hawaii, and like, like some people from Jap- like the head of Sega of Japan flew to Hawaii while he was on vacation. Met him on a beach. Just showed up on a beach unannounced, and then he flew back to Japan and got a job for them working for Sega of America. And then like, wow, like the, the most interesting parts is like the discussions and the arguments he had back and forth with like Sega of Japan. Uh, and then like how, like they kind of turned into like a Sega of America was like the, the good guys of the story and Sega of Japan was the bad guys. And like, he could do no wrong, but they like kind of gloss over. Like I went in like, okay, what really like, okay, obviously some of the stuff was like, cause they make it seem like he's like the good, wholesome, good guy. Like he did, he could do no wrong. And it's like, okay, what happened? Like he was actually like the big proponent of the 32 X and like, He's like they talk about like you know the Japan like they they did some bad like they fucked up the Saturn but he was also like he did he was not 100 percent correct either and they kind of gloss over some of that stuff. Um, like I said, I think the big issue was of this was like how I feel like they kind of went deeper into this story than like there's a lot more there to it than what they what they show and I feel like they just like the last like 15 minutes just like covered like the last like two three years of that war and how it was just and it was over and I. I feel like the exit like i could have when if they could have an extra hour or just like like a little mini series i, I would enjoy that a lot more but uh the big thing i'm playing is a game called hades i talked about last week i uh, last week i'd only played it for like 30 40 minutes uh and i was a little worried i'm like oh, I, I you know i was playing i'm like this replaying over and over sections over and over again this might concern me i don't like road lights at all and i am completely fucking hooked on this goddamn game gables um really yeah so like i said everybody knows i've talked for you i don't three years i don't like roguelikes like the idea of them and just like replaying spots over and over again um and like especially games where it's like punishing difficult and i don't really feel like this game is like punishingly difficult which i i think like there's definitely like i mean i die a lot obviously but it's like i can do better kind of thing. you you can see like where you go better it's not like that it's not like i understand like dark souls is kind of the same idea but it's like it's punishing so very much so and like this one like very like i feel like i was always feel like i was progressing getting better uh and there's not like a big loss on like you don't lose souls or anything like that like so every you know for we don't know what we like so like the big thing is like um every 
uh, you get to like you start off like, you start off like a run, you, and there's different gods. Like so, basically, your uh, Zach Zacharias thing is his name. He's the son of Hades, and he's trying to escape um, hell, and you know he's trying to get to uh, to uh, Olympus. And uh, there's there's a story behind it that's actually kind of interesting. The, the characters are actually really cool. Like Supergiant Games makes really cool characters. It makes a really good story, I think. Uh, and then the, the music is top notch as well, um, and also the art style. But um, like in like these these gods, they give you what they're called boons, and they give you like upgrades to like your weapons or specials or whatever. So you start off the first room you get. It's always it's always random. Every, and that's what's cool too is every room you go to is randomized. And like sometimes you get to like, and it'll show you what's gonna be in the next room. Like you might get an. Uh, like you make through the wave of enemies, you're gonna get like a heart container. It'll give you more heart, uh, more uh, more health, or like you could see like two logos. It's like all right, that's a, that's a lightning bolt. That's Zeus, or here's a uh, like it looks like a uh, I don't know what it is. I can't think of the, the, the word, but it's like okay, it's Athena. Uh, like and they, like each power up gives you certain stuff. Like Zeus's stuff, like he has like lightning bolts ability, and you can add it to like you have a dash, you have a special. Each and then there's different weapons you can use. Each weapon does uh, has like a different special. And then like some of them like it's an arrow one or like guns and they, like they're specials they shoot off uh, like a little like a like a grenade type thing, um, and then like the like the sword does like a like almost like a, a ground pound kind of thing, and then like my main thing I use is a shield, and you can throw it and it's kind of like almost like a um, like a, and it comes back to you kind of like you know like like Thor's weapon or kind of like a um, like Captain America is a really better way to put it like and it can ping pong off enemies as well uh, when you throw it and it'll come back to you. Um, and like, so like Zeus is like powers, like he gives you electric, uh, ability. So like every time you hit somebody like you can choose and you can choose between three different options. So like you can add electric, every time you hit somebody does like a little bit of electric damage to it as well. Or, um, you can add it to your special or it does, it does a little more damage or you can add it to your dash. So every time you dash, you'll do like electric jolt, uh, jolt, uh, like behind you. So like if there's enemies in the area, it does like this little range of, uh, area of effect damage to everybody around you. And there's different ones you can do like, um, there's like doom where like it, it continues to like damage your enemies for a few seconds afterwards. There's one, uh, there's one God that gives you like, um, uh, like you can charm people. So it's like you charm them and then they like, they fight for you for a few seconds and like they're more powerful and like things like that. You can always like every, it's all random. So it's like some games you start off with like some badass abilities. And it's like, I've had some runs where it's just like, I had like everything clicking for me and I'm just like slaughtering people and like flying through the game. No problem. There's also like, and like sometimes you go into like rooms and you and you defeat them and like but for the most part like you go into rooms like you can you like like I said you can see what like it tells it shows you what's gonna be the next room after you defeat that wave of enemies and all that stuff when you die goes away but there's certain like the crystals you can get that you can use um, to upgrade your abilities you can add more health you can add more like you can add more damage that you're gonna do to people uh, and then these ones these stick with you and like you can you you add these um, you, these continue to build even after you die. So it's like you're gonna have like these upgrades you can you can get, but the boons are the ones that go away after every battle, and also coins you can get. Like you can buy, um, you can buy uh, more health or upgrades or even crystals, things like that. And there's also different like there's like a person that like like he um, he's like a builder, um, and like you can go and you can buy upgrades. So like you're more likely to find like you can set it up so like all right when you're when you're going through the underworld, you're more likely to. Uh, um, like find a, a chamber where there's no enemies and it's just like there's a little there's like a thing of water and you can um, heal yourself and then like you get like so like you get a little bit of break in action you can heal yourself um, and then like there's different like abilities you can permanently upgrade where like uh, you can like you do an extra 10% damage uh, when you hit somebody I mean you do like a back set when you hit people, someone in the back 
and like you can continue like add that. So you do 20, 30, 40% damage. And then you can add like almost like kind of like an extra life kind of thing where it's like, all right, when you die, you, you, you can die once and come back with half health. Um, and you can buy multiples of those. So like I'm up to like three now in mine. Um, and then there's like different ones you can upgrade as well. Uh, there's a bunch of them. And then there's like every time you die, you go back to like this main thing. And then like, there's Hades, your father, uh, who obviously runs the underworld. And he kind of mocks you every time. You have friends that give you tips and tricks. And there's like little stories and like things going on between these characters. And you're all trying to figure out why is Zacharias upset with Hades and he wants to leave all of a sudden. Um, and just like the, interacting with the characters is always great too. Um, but I mean, man, the gameplay is just fun. And it's different. Like, like I said, and like every time you go through it, like the world changes. So not all runs of this. Like obviously uh, on top of that, like like the, the upgrades you might get, like and what boons you might get through each run. It could be completely random who you might see. And you have some, like I said, sometimes you go and you have, might have, you, you defeat away your maze and you have two doors to pick. And it's like, okay, this one has like a heart container in it. But this one has, um, like, you can, if you, uh, you can go through that room, fight all those guys, get a heart container, give you more health. Or you can go into this room, fight all these guys, and you can get a boon for, from uh, Athena or something like that, or Zeus or whatever. It's like, you got to pick and choose. So it's like, um, and I was, I was struggling quite a bit. Like, I was, I kept, kept getting dying on the first boss. Like, I was like, I get progressively get a little better, but I was like, I was, I bought her like five or six times and she was just, I, I, I was not realistically getting close to beating her. And I was getting like frustrated at that point. I'm like, oh man, like I'm loving this game, but it's like, I might be shutting it off. And I actually went on to watch a couple of YouTube videos of like tips and tricks. And I was just like my, and like I was, I was learning like, okay, my main issue was like, I was so worried on getting those like, okay, I can go get here and get a, a more powerful ability. Or like there's like certain rooms you can go to where you can upgrade your current abilities you have. They're only, only on those runs for that run. When you die, it's gone. Or I'm like, I can go in this room where I can get these crystals that I can take back and buy permanent upgrades with. And I was like, I was so focused on getting those, focused on getting stronger for the, like the next run that I wasn't focusing on my current run. And so like, uh, once I watched the videos, it's like it sounds very simple, but it's like in my mindset early on in the game, it's like I want to hurry up and get these abilities as soon as possible. But it's like once I learned. Like and I, I, people are just like giving you up. Like oh, you always want to pick this room. Like, these ones are really, really rare, and these people like are this person can give you the best upgrade. And like sometimes you learn like, like the way you play the game, like what what kind of boons or what kind of like um, these gods you want to find. Like each one, like I said, has like specific upgrades that they can give you. It's like okay, these upgrades work best for me. So like my like I like to have like um, I can't remember her name, but like one of the gods I find. Uh, she, there's a chance that one of the upgrades you can pick is like every time you dash, like you have this like this uh, um, uh, like a de- uh, what's it called? detect ability attached to you. So every time you dash, like this like w- these like walls go up around you. So if someone like shoots a projectile at you, instead of it, it doesn't hit you and it actually only projects it back at them. So it's like you you have that. So like I because I dash like a madman. I'll, I'm like when I'm fighting, I'm just dashing and attacking all the time. And then like I like I found one where like. Okay, if I can find this guy, it's like every time you throw your shield, your next two attacks after that do 50 to 80% more damage. So it's like, okay, I want to find that guy as soon as possible uh, because that's going to only going to help me because that's the way I play. Is I like to throw my throw my sword and then uh, and then like dash towards him and hit him because like you hit him, it stuns him for a quick second and you dash at him and hit him. So it's like you know, just attaching these and combining these attacks together and finding out what works best for you. It's like, that works well for me. And it's like also like it's great too because like sometimes you you don't get those upgrades and you just start off and you're just shitty. Like I I will I'll like I'm in the first section and I I've already lost one or two of my actual lives. And it's like I'm already down to just a couple left. So it's just like fuck. Like 
well, I'm just going to, like, I'm not going to win. I'm not going to beat the game this time. I'm just going to focus on getting those permanent upgrades I can get to help myself next time. And, like, so at that point, like, I'll focus. And that's bit me in the ass a couple times where, like, I just sucked ass in that first section. And I, I'm on the third boss. There's four bosses in the game. I've gotten to, I keep, okay. keep getting to the third boss. And he's just, like, I'm I'm getting close. Uh, and I, I get, like, three quarters of the way there. And he just whoops my ass at that point. And I'm just, like, I'm so low on health or uh my my specials or something like that like you just i can't get past them so um like so question to mine yeah. in regards to this game is when you beat the boss are they permanently dead or are they alive the next run uh no so they, they come back um so oh, okay uh, so it's kind of cool too actually i want to like so uh the first boss is uh meg and um if you like and there's, it's kind of cool too when you defeat them that becomes a progressing story thing so like you like because uh, you everybody who dies in the underworld just comes back, like you, you can't die. You just you know you you just come back and you, you come back in this pool of like this pool of blood, and um, so uh, like it's kind of a cool thing like because Meg will like she's so far the 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 two bosses I have I'm able to defeat like um, she she's like when you defeat her and you go back to like the little main section where you talk to all the people before you go back and do your run she'll be there. And she'll talk to you like about how you, you defeated her, or, like she's like kind of like she doesn't really want to do this, but she just kind of has to do this. And you have like a like a, it's kind of a funny connection. And then like every time you go back, it's like back again, huh? <laughs> you know, it's like you have like a fun back and forth. Also, what's cool is like the boss fights change a little bit as you like you progress. Like if you, do, you start beating them enough, like they do like little changes to the way they play. So like usually after the third or fourth time you you beat them, like they do like minor tweaks or they add things to like their their uh. uh uh, attacks they do so it, it, it changes every time which is pretty cool and it's like the I've, I've beaten the second boss like five or six times i've beaten the first boss probably 10 11 times um and it's like yeah every like after every few attempts every few times i kill him like there's minor tweaks to him that just because like after a while you just after you know you beat him it's like all right i know and especially if you get like the abilities you want it's just like I know exactly what to do. It's just like, you know, sometimes it's like a lot of like when I fight Meg, like she'll, she has a lot of like attacks that do damage from far away. So it's just being patient and like staying, keeping your distance. And I throw my shield at her a bunch. And then like when she's, when she's like no longer doing like her, uh, shooting a bunch of orbs at you from across the screens. Like that's when I go and do a couple shots, keep dashing, things like that. So it's cool. to like, kind of like make you change up the way you play. Um, but yeah, I'm having a blast with this game. I like, um, it's, like and like I've never been like like I said that like, you know me like I don't have patience for games especially like this like replaying but like the way they change things up enough and it's like I'm constantly like it makes you like it keeps you on your toes where like I'm constantly have to like every run is different you know it's like I, I've I've played Roll Lights in the past I don't like them and maybe it's like maybe I would like them more if I stuck with them um like you know like this makes me interested like maybe I should check out Dead Cells now like no maybe I like that game uh, I don't know uh but yeah it's a blast like it's it's difficult but I don't feel like it's overly difficult and I always feel like I'm getting better every time. Uh, so yeah, it's and like, the only thing that sucks sometimes is like, I, like once I get to that third fight, it's like, it's a good 25, 30 minute runs when I get there. So like, it can be time consuming. So it could be frustrating. It's like, if you only, you only have time for a couple runs, it's like, you know, it's like, it sucks, especially if you don't get like a lot of stuff, to like progress your character permanently, but it's, it's overall, it's a, it's a blast. I'm, I love this game a lot. It's, Quickly shooting up to my game of the year charts right now. Every time, every run I do, it just gets a little, it's like, makes the argument. It's like, okay, maybe it's here. Maybe it's there. Maybe it's here. Maybe it's there. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely a surprise of the year for me. A game I thought I'd have, I had zero interest in. 
uh, a week and a half ago. It is now a game. It's it's got that hyperlight drifter effect to me, where it's like that game is not my style of game, but it plays the same. But it's like like of a hyperlight drifter, but like that's like a game that's incredibly hard like that. It's like and to keep me like keep me coming back. Okay, I'll give it one more run. Give it one more run. Give it one more try. And it's like that's getting me that that way too. So it's yeah. I, I hope I can beat it. I'm gonna keep playing it. Uh, but yeah, this game, oh boy, it's so good. Um, yeah, everybody should just just buy it it's on Switch and Epic Game Store. But that's uh that is all I'm playing games. We we went really long. Holy shit. Um, but yeah, we had we had a lot of shit going on this week. But uh, and quickly get us out of here, guys. Uh, yeah, so check out Hades, please. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I was host. I was Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gables. So until next time, everyone. Play a bunch of fun games, have yourself a fun time, but most importantly, thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. And hey, Gables. Yeah. Oh, happy days. Oh, happy days. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> See ya. beers there anyways we're on itunes now so go on there check us out and if you like us leave us a review and we'll even shout you out and jack will send you his credit card number